Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Alabama AgCast. This is Brian Harden, Director of External Affairs with Alabama Farmers Federation, and we are pleased to welcome uh, State Attorney General Steve Marshall with us today. Welcome, Mr. Attorney General. Good, good to be with you, Mr. Attorney General. That's mighty formal. Well, you know, we, we try to keep keep it that way in, in times like these. So, uh, appreciate your time today and the opportunity to learn uh, from you about an important topic uh, that's getting a lot of attention by our legislature and therefore in the in the public uh, this upcoming session, and that's the the topic of gambling. Um, it's been, uh, you know, set out as a, a priority issue that's going to be addressed starting in the Alabama House of Representatives as as they return to work in Montgomery in February, and it's it's fresh on our minds, uh, Steve, uh, because uh, this was reaffirmed in our delegate voting session at our annual meeting just uh, this past week to to continue our firm position opposing gambling. Therefore, we, we feel like it's extremely important, of course, for our members to understand um, the issue, and really all Alabamians to understand the issue as they'll be reading a lot about this issue. Um, and we just want to make sure that we know the facts uh, surrounding gambling in Alabama with all that is, is being discussed. So let's start with very basic. Um, what is legal and illegal in Alabama when it comes to gambling? Yeah, you know, Brian, this is one of the things that just puzzles me when I hear people say that they're confused because the, it's pretty simple. You know, this idea, for example, of electronic bingo, uh, it's completely illegal. I mean, it's a slot machine that the Alabama code is very specific about. But the Constitution of Alabama makes a lottery itself illegal. So games of chance uh, typically are going to fall into that category. But yet you find others that, that want to say somehow or this is hazy. You know, uniquely for us, for example, we've been to the Alabama Supreme Court on multiple occasions involving electronic bingo. Every time they have ruled in our favor. And in fact, more than any other issue of which I'm aware, uh, they've expressed frustration because it's a straightforward question. Each time they've had to address it, it's been abundantly clear that those that we brought before them had committed uh, illegal activity, and yet we're continuing to have to do this over and over again. It's not an open question. I think the only sort of caveat to this would be a few years ago, the Alabama legislature passed a bill relating to fantasy sports, uh, not a game of chance, by the way, and dealing with it as, as, as a game of skill, but that's going to be your limited exception. Okay, so you mentioned a little bit about the you know the reaffirmation as well by the the courts and the and the state on this issue. So we quickly hear the discussion about the issue of enforcement or lack thereof of of gambling in the state. So and this has really been an argument that's been made of late to justify addressing the issue is is the issue of enforcement. So whose job is it to enforce the gambling laws yeah. in the state of Alabama? It, gambling is a crime. Law enforcement has that responsibility. And so it's no different than murderers, robbers, burglars, uh, drug dealers. Uh, gambling is a criminal offense that ought to be enforced at the local level. That's why chiefs and sheriffs have that responsibility, why local DAs have uh, the opportunity to be able to enforce the gambling laws as well. You know, the AG's office, we likewise have the ability to weigh in. You've seen us do that. In fact, most recently, again, uh, with a situation over in Lowndes County. Um, but we're there to be able to supplement the work that's going on around the state. But the run-of-the-mill 
uh, enforcement of the law, consistent with other aspects of criminal law, is done at the local level, and that should be the expectations of the citizens of the state. So from your standpoint, would you say the law is, is clear, or does it need to be clarified in regards to gambling? I think the law is clear, and in fact, do not urge a change. Uh, to the extent that we were looking as a way of enhancing enforcement and, and maybe to some extent creating a deterrence, you know, the only thing I think we look at at the law is do we need to make sure that we enhance the punishment? You know, one of the problems, frankly, is the fact that we've continued to allow gambling to be a misdemeanor. And to some extent, we've given uh, certain public officials an excuse to somehow or another either ignore or diminish their role in the enforcement of this. And so if the legislature wants an opportunity to make a difference on the enforcement side, elevate the punishment, create a deterrent for those who would engage in this behavior. Uh, and I think we would see we would see a difference. Now, also, Steve, you have been a local district attorney and, and now being in the seat of Alabama's chief law enforcement officer, um, almost seven years um, in that role. What has been your experience of, of other crimes as they relate to the to the to the crime of gambling, to yeah, the illegal it, activity. And I think that's another thing that doesn't get talked about enough is the, the connection to gambling activity that we've seen. And by the way, what we're dealing with is the illegal activity, right? So criminal activity. But what goes hand in hand that we see is uh, drug trafficking, money laundering. We see the corrupting nature of this as well. And I'll never forget a case that, that we worked on early on up in North Alabama where one of the parties involved was a formerly convicted drug trafficker who was using one of the illegal facilities to be able to launder, launder drug money and was directly involved in financing that operation and was questioned by law enforcement about why. And he said, look, if I was trying to make this kind of money in my drug trafficking side, I'd be potentially sitting in some federal prison in Montana. In Alabama, it's a misdemeanor. And so clearly a conscious choice for somebody who was engaging in a myriad of criminal activity, but using uh, these illegal gambling houses as a way of being able to hide that activity. So another argument that we hear a, a lot is that, you know, most people want a lottery. However, uh, there are also implications for other types of gambling if a lottery were to be approved. Can you expound on that? Yeah, I mean, it, the question is, what does the legislature do to allow a lottery? You know, right now, I mentioned it earlier, you know, there's a constitutional provision against it. And so we would obviously not only have to change the law, but change the Constitution to allow it. And the question becomes then, how do they define the act that comes before the people of this state to be able to vote as part of the Constitution? And how broadly is it considered? You know, I hear this discussion of a clean lottery bill. Well, you know, the proof's in the pudding and what comes through... Uh, the legislature, and depending on how it is they define those terms and how broadly it's potentially allowed, it would be far more than simply, you know, a, a lottery that we hear about in the news. It potentially can be casino-style gambling and much more activity than even what we're trying to deal with right now. My name is Ashley Merritt, and I'm the relationship manager in our enterprise branch. One thing I love about working with Alabama Credit is I think now in the year 2023, people are really looking for a certain way of life. And I feel like for that, you really need a partner that can see your vision and work with you through it and offer certain products that we are known for offering. 
a family that I'm working with currently. It's been so nice to see how their journey and dreams have progressed. We started off by financing their first piece of land. Uh, they came back and did a cattle loan with us. We've done a lot of credit for their farming operation and now they are finally deciding that, hey, this is where I want my forever home to be. So through our rural home construction product, we can also offer that service to them as well. If you'd like to find out more information on any of these products, please visit and contact your local lender and go to alabamaagcredit.com or call 334-270-8687. So also one of the things that maybe uh, we're becoming more and more aware of potentially as a, a society or, or that I, I think we probably should be is uh, the issue of sports betting. Um, and, and so this is we look at a potential comprehensive gambling bill. Obviously sports betting would be on, on the table. Are there concerns for you in your office in regards to what sports betting uh, brings to the state? No, so, absolutely. I mean, when you broaden uh, the, the money that's coming into to, to sports gambling. Then you open up a greater door for the corruption of the athletic event itself. You know, it wouldn't take many dollars to try to cause a young athlete to potentially um, cause a game to, to sort of turn out differently or be by a closer score than maybe the, the betters would have. And you worry that to the extent that more money comes into it, does it create opportunities for more of a corrupting nature within in athletics itself? And look, it's a publicly reported story we saw um, about the, the baseball coach at the University of Alabama, you know, obviously a collegiate athletic event that they were directly involved with. And those stories, sadly, happen more often than maybe maybe we know. And to the extent that you broaden the ability for people to engage in sports betting, then you open the door up more for that activity itself. So, Steve, as the Attorney General, what do you believe should and could be done by the state to combat illegal gambling? If that is if that is the concern by, you know, our state representatives and, and senators, if, if they were to have that and you were to sit down and have that conversation with them, what do you say to that question? I think part of what I mentioned earlier is let's enhance the enforcement. I mean, the, the penalty provisions. Uh, let's no longer discuss it as a misdemeanor, but in fact, raise it to a felony level and create thresholds that, again, become that deterrence. You know, it's it's interesting when you look at kind of the strategy that, that we've ultimately adopted at the attorney general's office. You know, we really didn't have the ability to use the criminal laws as that tool. It was more of the financial disincentive for people to get engaged. And so when we've gone in with these civil enforcement actions to be able to then have uh, financial forfeiture cases that go along with them, you know, the hope was we would create a financial disincentive for folks to engage in this behavior. And I think one of the things that you've seen is that many are willing right now to take that risk, thinking if we need to stay open a, long, a little bit longer, we're still going to benefit financially and don't really face much from the, the, the criminal standpoint. And so I think if we raise the punishment, we create a, an additional disincentive for those to engage. And then I think it's a demanding at the local level that the law get enforced. You know, I, I, I hear people discuss this question of economic development, right? Is that these are jobs for people. Uh, it's not lost on me where these are located. In some of the poorest parts of the state of Alabama, and I don't think you see an economic boom around what are currently illegal activities going on. And so, you know, to the extent that we can get the criminal law right, and that we demand that local officials do their jobs, uh, 
create maybe a legal incentive for them to do so, that they don't lose their public positions, uh, then I think you go a long way in solving this particular problem. So one of the uh, proposals that has been discussed out there is setting up a, a new gaming commission that would oversee um, gambling activity that would ratchet up enforcement potentially. Do you see a gaming commission as a potential solution? And if not, why not? No, I don't think it's a solution at all because the, the opportunity to enforce the law exists now. And to the extent that you have a gaming commission in place, what's to say that those same public officials that have been ignoring the law before are going to somehow or another change their tune and enforce uh, the laws against illegal activity? Because the reality is if we pass a bill tomorrow, there's still going to be those that try to engage in illegal activity. And if the idea is to somehow or another create a commission that's not accountable to the people, that don't have the ability to answer to anybody other than themselves, then I don't think that, number one, is good government. And number two, that I don't see that as a solution to a problem that we can fix in a very different way, to allow for those that are already appointed or elected in these roles to, in fact, do their job. And, look, I'm not a fan of – I haven't seen details, so I don't know exactly what they're doing. But somebody's got to prosecute these cases. And 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 to have an unaffiliated law enforcement agency trying to work statewide, um, I've not seen a model that, that makes a lot of sense. And again, it it seems to be if the concern is we need to stop the illegal activity, then let's do the things that I talked about earlier. I do think that the commission discussion is really more a way of hiding what is the true incentive, which is. We want to pass gambling laws, and we want to enhance the ability to gamble in the state of Alabama. If that's the goal, then be transparent about it. Say that's what you want to do. Don't use the commission as the, the vehicle to, to, in fact, accomplish that. Well, it would also seem to me, too, Steve, that as a, a state that traditionally champions smaller government, that expansion of government is not the way you address problems. Right. And the commission would seem to do that. You know, I think Ronald Reagan had a famous quote about that, right? You know, that the, the, the scariest words can be, we're the government, we're here to help. Yep. And uh, absolutely, I think philosophically, the, the people that elected me in this office believe that is a, is a fundamental part of who we are as a state, um, that bigger government is not better government. And clearly there are roles for the state to regulate, and I get that, but this is an enforcement question, and we have the vehicle to do it, the question is whether or not people are, in fact, performing their jobs. And as we start to wrap up, one thing I did want to go back to when you're talking about, you know, what we can do already as a state, the, you know, gambling is illegal and the enforcement that we have there. We've had a couple of examples uh, this past year in Jefferson County where your your office engaged with uh, local law enforcement and and with, uh, with Lowndes County, as you mentioned. And when local government, local law enforcement is addressing the issue. That's where it, where it has to really start and end, and you're there to, to provide support. But um, if we can, just touch on that topic one more time, because I think that's where a lot of 
maybe people get lost and say, well, we've got varying constitutional amendments, and I think they they let the water get muddied really easily when it really is a local law enforcement issue, regardless yeah. of the, the constitutional amendment. Yeah, there's no doubt that, that we've dealt with this patchwork of, of local constitutional amendments and what they mean. But you can't ultimately pass a local act that somehow or another supersedes the state constitution. You know, you can't decide, for example, I want to make cocaine legal in my county when it's not legal in the state, right? I mean, that makes sense to us. We understand that. Same is true on the gambling front. And the the, the frustration, and, and I'll tell you, it is a frustration for me, is when we can expend the resources of our office, for example, and go and shut down multiple facilities in Birmingham, clearly illegal when those cases, but yet the fact that we've gone in with resources and then we ultimately leave, and then within three or four months, they're new facilities opened up in the same locations. That's frustrating for me as attorney general because we've done our job to go there, but yet we've not seen that same follow-up take place once we've left. Because, again, it's not a close question. And the places we've been, we've been able to clearly establish what the law is. And what, again, that shows is that when local officials are not doing the job for which they are required to do, you know, uniquely when you're a law enforcement officer, you swear an oath to uphold the laws of the state of Alabama, as well as our Constitution, that's a solemn oath that you take. And it doesn't mean we always get to like the laws that we enforce, but it's our responsibility to be able to do it. And so when you saw us go into Jefferson County and shut down multiple facilities, and then, again, that seems to be for naught, that's not a problem of the law. That's a problem of the people that are required to enforce the law not doing their job. And so, again, I think there are ways the legislature can go about uh helping this problem. We've kind of talked a little bit about those during the course of our time together. Um, But the effort that I'm hearing right now is one that that I do not support because I don't think it's necessary. And give us the tools, give us the ability to do our jobs as law enforcement and prosecutors, and then hold us accountable in that regard moving forward. Well, thank you, Mr. Attorney General. Steve Marshall, we appreciate this discussion. I really think this information is valuable to our members. It can be something that can can be muddied by a lot of the conflicting stories and, and reports that we that we read and see in the media. So I think this will be helpful as we uh, prepare for the legislative session that starts in February. Any closing uh, thoughts as we wrap up today? No, I, I think again you've you've hit on it earlier. Supreme Court has said this is not a close question. The cases that we've handled already during my tenure, and they've been in multiple jurisdictions around the state, have all been very, very straightforward. Um, we have a job to do, and, and my hope is that law enforcement will understand that. Well, thank you again for joining us for today's edition of the Alabama AgCast, and thank you again to our Attorney General, Steve Marshall. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama Ag Credit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.